As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, readers. I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, Episode 74. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Every week, we'll talk all things books and reading and do a little literary matchmaking with one guest. Today, I'm delighted to welcome friend and fellow podcaster Jamie Ivey to the show, who you may know from her show, The Happy Hour. Jamie shares a lament I can certainly relate to, and many of you will as well. She doesn't get to read as much as she would like. That's especially interesting because unlike many of our guests, Jamie isn't a lifelong reader. She hasn't always claimed the bibliophile label, although she's more than made up for her less bookish beginnings in the past few years. In this episode, we do a little dreaming about taking a week at the beach just to tackle our to-read stack. We also explore how Jamie chooses things by their covers, whether it's a book or a bottle of wine or a new brand of salsa. I share a hot tip for reading in the bath, and I might accidentally get a little bossy about the reading life. Let's get to it. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anne. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to be talking to you. It is once again a delight to be talking to a fellow podcaster. I love talking to podcasters, so I'm sure you do as well. It's fun because, well, for me, I get to be on the other side, so you get to do all the work. Oh, you know, we talked about this when I was on your show a couple months ago. I think you said mm-hmm. something like, do you feel pressure now? Or like, no, this is a day at the beach. <laughs> the <laughs> Ask best. me questions. I'll do my best. That's right. You carry the show and I'm just here for, I'm just here with you. So here for the ride. I love it. Okay. I'm here for the ride. I like it. I love talking. I always love talking podcasting and I always love talking books. So we are really doing it today. Best of both worlds exactly. that we both love. Yes. Exactly. I love books and I love your show. Um, and I love hearing all of the books that people talk about. I don't get to read as much as I want to. Is this a common problem that women are having these days? I think it's a human problem. It's a human problem. Well, especially when, am I allowed to tell our listeners that you are writing a book yourself and you run a show and you have a real life and, you know, oh, yeah, all, all those stuff. things are a part of my life. Yes. All those things take up a lot of time. I know. But, but I love that you want to read and we're going to try to help you with that today. Not oh, that you ask for therapy, but it ends up kind of turning into a therapy show sometimes, you know. Oh, I am in need of a good therapy session. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you said you didn't get to read as much as you'd liked. I'd really like to hear, give us an overview of your reading life. So in any given month, what are you reading? When are you reading? How are you finding those books? Okay. So 
before I did my show, the podcast, I should tell you my show. Well, you already did. Before I did the happy hour, I read a lot. My kids would come home from school. I'd read in the backyard. I love reading while my kids are playing. I call that amazing parenting. Um, my kids are big, so they just play and I get to read. Um, but now that I have my show and a lot of the guests that come on are authors. So I find myself reading a lot of their books, even if it's like half of it or a third of it or whatever. And so that normally wouldn't be my number one reading genre, maybe would be like, what do we call this genre that I'm reading? Probably it's nonfiction, Christian living, stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of inspirational writing, isn't it? A lot. Yes. Which I love. And I would normally have all of that like sprinkled into my reading throughout the year, but now it's a lot. So all that to say the books that I adore and love of fiction and memoirs are not happening so much in my life. But when I find a good one, I, I, I just devour it, especially on vacation. So I read a lot on vacation, which that's sad because it's like not every day of the year, but <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that's totally not sad, but now I get what you mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We can't always read like we're on vacation. We can't always. So the, I love reading by a pool and that just isn't my real life. So there's that. Jamie, how long have you been running? Does one run a podcast? Jamie, how long have you had your podcast? So this May will be three years. Oh, wow. I know. How long has yours been around? We just celebrated our one year anniversary right after Congratulations. Christmas. Well, thank you very much. But three years. I mean, that's like almost the stone age for podcasting. Right? Except I was just talking to Tish Oxenrider. Do you know who she is? I do. She was on a very early episode of What Should I Read Next? Oh. Awesome. Well, she she was on my show recently and she said she's been podcasting since I think like 2011. That blows my mind. She's like our podcast um, mother. I don't know. Or like great grandmother. <laughs> great grandmother in podcasting years. Yeah. So yeah, three years I've been doing the show. Love it. It's pretty much almost like my full-time gig right now. So that's fun. Wait, hold on. I feel you have a story about this, Jamie. Weren't, weren't we talking one time and you said something like when you were a kid, all you wanted to do when you grow up was, is this sounding familiar? It does. I mean, I know what I usually would answer that question with. What, what would you say? I, I wanted to be like a newscaster. I mean, like Barbara Walters and on the view and, you know, running the six o'clock news. That's what I wanted to be. So basically you've grown up and gotten yourself a job where you talk for a living. I have grown up and gotten myself a job where I talk for a living and I love it. Well, I wanted to read for a living. So, and you have you your know? dream job, but I understand what you're saying about reading on deadline, but we are yes. not going to focus on the negative. We are going to focus on the abundant. So I love it. typically you're reading a bunch of mostly nonfiction for your podcast. Mm -hmm. You're sneaking in your fiction memoirs on vacation mm -hmm. Any anything else. Where else do we catch you reading? Uh, in the bath. Is that okay to say so on absolutely. here? Absolutely. Do um, you have one of those little trays or do you I just... I wish I did. I just hold it. Okay. Kindle, paperback, old books? I do not like reading on a device. I need to hold a book. It feels too much like work if I'm reading on a device, if that makes sense. Because I sit in front of a device all the time. And so I like reading to me needs to be, I need to hold it. I understand. However, for our listeners who do like to read their Kindle in the bath, I need to share a little tidbit I learned from an essay at the very beginning of Jenny Colgan's novel, I think it's called The Bookshop on the Corner. So she has this little essay in the front of that book that says, there are so many wonderful places to read and here, we're, here, here are mine. And one of them was The Bath. And she said, like, readers, turn the pages with your nose. And she's totally <gasps> oh, right. It's genius. Good idea. Because yeah. your hands are wet. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I love it. And you kind of feel like an idiot. But... <laughs> It completely works. I love that so much. Jamie, how do you usually decide what to read next? 
Well, usually I decide. So I did. I was a previous member of Book of the Month Club. Are mm-hmm. you a member of that? I am. Okay. And then it got, I think that's why they changed it because I got, I felt like I couldn't keep up, you mm-hmm. know? And so now I just, if they have a good book, I get it. But I go a lot on recommendations. I always ask my guests on my show what they're reading. Um, and so I just add them all to my Goodreads account and then eventually pick one when I have the time. Or also, Anne, I love a bookstore and I know that you and I have talked about this. And so bookstore is like a favorite place for me, but I don't go very often. And I love like a mom and pop bookstore, you know? not the big ones. And so I love to just see a book and sometimes I pick it by the cover. Is that okay? I think that's totally okay. Okay. I do wine that way, books, you know, the judge by the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wine and books together is the perfect mix. So I like it. I was waiting for some nice food to round out your, your trio. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. What would I add to it? I'm a chips and salsa kind of girl. So that's probably what I would throw in there. Wine, books and chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. It's like the best part of the day. Okay. Another time I told you I like to read when my kids are outside, mm-hmm. but like this time of year, spring, even summer, cause we're outside a lot, even in the summer when it's hot as you know what here in Texas, when my husband's cooking and my kids are playing and I have a glass of wine in a book that literally sums up my favorite, my favorite thing in life. I can get behind that idea. Mm-hmm. So I am so curious. You're in Austin. I've only been to the airport and then driven through and like waved at book people from the highway as I drove oh, off yes. to uh-huh. the hill country, which was glorious, but I didn't get to go to book people. This is yeah. super sad, but mm. it seems like people who live in Austin feel deeply about Austin. Do you feel like that's a big part of who you are? <laughs> I think that's true. Like people, we can say this true that people who live in Texas feel deeply strong. They feel strong about that. Right. Are you from Texas? I am. Okay. You feel strongly about it? I mean, I do, but I don't want to be like people to get mad at me because (laughs) we're weird about that. And I understand that the rest of the world or the rest of the country for sure is not too keen on how happy we are about being from (laughs) Texas, you know? So I'm not like, I'm not, not huge. Like maybe my brother does have the flag tattooed on his body somewhere, but I don't. Uh, but yes, people in Austin, we love our place. We love Austin. And I and I, I am that, about that as well. Does that affect your reading life at all, where you are? Oh, I've never thought about that. I don't think so. Maybe it does. I don't feel like it does. Should yes. it? I don't know. It's, I mean, it depends on how often you're going to book people, I guess. I know. I do love book people brings in a lot of um, authors. Have oh you ever been gosh. to an event? Oh, you've never been to an event there. I just asked you that, but I have, and it's so much fun. Um, when think- you release a book, why don't you come to Austin and have a, a reading or something? Are you listening to book you- people? That would be amazing. I'll help. I know. I'll put in a good word for you and help you plan it. I do follow them on Instagram and other social media. So I feel like I'm constantly torturing myself by seeing all uh, the amazing events that I'm not going to. I know. But, you know, yay, Austin, for having awesome yay, Austin. readerly <laughs> events. <laughs> Jamie, you mentioned that you had just had a vacation where you read a whole heaping ton. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Because I am so curious. So a vacation for me, like the best type of vacation, the best relaxing is me beside a pool with a book. You can tell from a lot of my (laughs) desires. I like to just be alone with the book with the good scenery and people serving me. Basically, that's what it sums up. No, but we went to um, the beach, but we stayed by the pool the whole time, or I did at least. And I just read, and it literally makes me so very, very happy. Um, So do you want to hear what I read? Uh, Yeah. Are you kidding? Uh, Okay. So what I read when I was at the beach, um, I finished up Hillbilly Elegy, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure that you've had people talk about that book because I've heard a lot about it. 
Um, and so that's how I've heard a lot of it on my show. And so that's how I wanted to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And then I read A Wrinkle in Time, which I feel like I was a loser for being 38 and just reading it. <laughs> and then I also, I don't think I told you about this, but I read a, like, Lame, not lame, not lame at all, but I read like Reset Your Child's Brain, a four-week plan to end meltdowns, raise grades, and boost social skills. I kind of skimmed through that and read that as well. So I read three books. Okay. I feel like that tells us a lot about you, those three picks. They're so random, aren't they? <laughs> and then you know, I started another book. What did you start? Um, I have it right here. I started Sweet Girl by Rachel Hollis. It's like a three series. I don't know if you've heard of these books. Well, I thought I'd heard of Sweet Girl, but I'm thinking of one by Travis, somebody. Okay, this is Rachel Hollis. She's a friend of mine. She's been on my show, lives in LA. How is it? It's good. It's a very much like vacations by the pool read. And so I worry that I won't pick it back up again until I'm in that mode. So that makes me a little nervous that I'm going to get lost in it because now I'm back to like reading for stuff I need to know about, if that makes sense. Okay, so for the sake of your reading life, we need to get another beach trip on the calendar. (sighs) Right? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Do you need, I'll issue you like... A readerly doctor's note for that. That's exactly what I need. Is I need a or a long plane ride. So where can I go out of the country? That's what we need is a beach or a plane ride. So we'll see what we can do. Yes. Okay, Jamie, you know how this works. You're going to tell me three books you love, one book you hate, and what you've been reading lately, and then we'll talk about what you should read next. But first, we're going to thank our sponsor for today's show. Jamie, are you ready to talk about your favorites? I am. Fantastic. Okay. What is the first book you love? Okay. So this is super duper hard for me because I have all of these books that I want to tell you that I loved, but I'm going to just tell you with maybe the books I've read recently that I loved. Is that okay? That's completely No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay. Here you go. (laughs) Here you go. I'm going to go, I'm going to try to give you a variety. Um, I already told you that I love Hillbilly Elegy, so I'm not going to I'm not going to keep that doesn't count. Okay. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. Um, I loved the invention of wings. Uh huh. I loved the mothers. Mm-hmm. That surprises me about you. Okay. I know. I know. Right. Cause it doesn't fall in with everything else. I should say I liked it a lot. Let's do that. Okay. I liked it a lot. The mothers. I loved the invention of wings. Uh-huh. I loved the kitchen house. Uh huh. And I actually, another surprising thing is I loved the Martian. Okay. I think in that cluster of four that it's actually the Martian that's the outlier. Actually, you really? know, on the surface that, yeah, they're all about relationships. Mm. Well, you know what? I, I guess the Martian is about right. relationships too. It kind of is. Of and it. you know, I, I do not like sci-fi at all. And someone told me to read this and the person that reckoned it to me, recommended it to me, I was like, I don't want to read anything you're reading. Um, <laughs> but I loved it so much. And I know you probably talked about it a lot because it was a, a big movie. But I'll tell you why I loved it as well. And it's because I had already seen the trailer to the movie. Uh-huh. And so when I read it, I like could picture Matt Damon. Does that make sense? I can see how that would, because otherwise, how do you envision Mars? I mean, exactly. I would yeah. just picture so the moon it really landing, helped basically. Me. Yeah. So if you said you were never going to read it and you didn't trust the person's taste who recommended it to you, how did you end up reading it? I'm so curious. I think, I think it is because I saw the trailer. Okay. I think, and I really do like, if a movie's going to come out and it looks like it's going to be amazing, I really want to read the book first. Uh-huh. So... It's a really good premise, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Let's unpack your favorites, Jamie. So let's start with The Invention of Wings by Sumon Kidd. Tell us more. Well, first of all, this is a book, too, that I had been hearing about for a long time. 
Um, and it had been recommended to me on my show a lot and I just hadn't, you know, dived into it. And actually I picked it up in a small bookstore because I remembered someone told me about it, but the cover did not sell me on it. Am I alone on that? I would have never picked it up based on the cover. You know what? I, well, it has a very similar cover to a book about U-boats in World War II that my husband read last year. So I can kind of get what you're saying because it's not a totally different book. But then as I got into reading it, the cover and the title made sense to me, which I love when that happens anyhow. But again, it's so story driven. And you you pointed that out is that I love stories and I love relationships. And it's about um, relationships, you know, set in the 19th century Charleston. And I love the characters and all the kind of things. I loved it all. Is historical fiction a genre you usually go to? No, it's not, believe it or not. But I love this one. Okay, good to know. All right, Jamie, tell us more about the mothers. Longtime listeners of the podcast will recognize this. We've talked about it a couple of times in the past. So I'd love to hear your take on Britt Bennett's debut. Okay. Oh, debut. I didn't know that. Um, Right? Right. Yeah. First of all, I love the cover and covers are a big thing to me. So I love the cover and I got it as a book of the month club thing. Uh And so it's just been sitting around for a while. Um, And then finally I got to a point in my life where I was like, I need a novel. I need a novel. Um, And so I, (laughs) you know, and so it took me a while to get through it just because of my life and reading kind of how things go. But once again, I was super intrigued by how the title translated to the book. And then I got, you know, once you get in, you start to understand it. But I was also really intrigued once I got in about how all of, because I had read the premise and how all these people were going to, how their life was going to play out where it was kind of, there's this one kind of theme or thing that was going to happen that was going to affect all of these people. And so I love the way she connected the characters. I loved, I felt like I could envision them. And that's a really big thing for me. Mm. Um, and so I liked it a lot. It was mm-hmm. a different book than I'm used to reading. And so I think that was a good thing for me. Okay. Jamie, tell us a little more about The Kitchen House. Oh, this goes to be one of my favorite books ever. And once again, because when it was over, I felt as though I missed the characters. And it just keep, that theme just keeps coming out. But it was um, a different book as well. It was, a, again, it's a, another theme of mine going back into this plantation living. And it's a story about a girl who ends up there, but she's actually um, from Ireland. And so she doesn't kind of fit in. And it just goes through their life um, of how she finds, you know, a family, quote unquote, and how it also goes another thing I like about it too is this book goes through a lot of years you know what I'm saying yeah, like it yeah, yeah. it it goes over a lot of years which I read another book a couple of years ago that was literally from like birth to death that I adored as well but I loved again just following their story and then I also loved her follow-up as well but the kitchen house to me was better than the mm-hmm. follow-up mm-hmm. I really like them both too both the kitchen yeah. house and glory over everything mm-hmm. yes okay and since you snuck in a fourth pick and we all totally noticed <laughs> What was it that you loved about The Martian? Tell us. Oh, The Martian. Maybe because I could picture Matt Damon the whole time I read it. Maybe that helped me like it. It was funny, which, again, it seems weird that a sci-fi book would be funny. You know what I mean? But there were things that were funny about it. It was intriguing to me in a way that it was kind of out of the box for me. But again, you travel this whole man, you know, Mark, and you travel his whole journey of trying to get home and the relationship that he has with the people back home and um, the different sides of the story were really intriguing to me, like what was happening back on Earth and what was happening on Mars. So that's why I love that as well. Okay. Jamie, tell me about a book that you are not so crazy about. 
first of all, I do feel like this is like a therapy session and it's so exciting that I feel like, what am I going to say to Anne that she's going to like, look at my life and tell me my deep, darkest secrets. <laughs> tell me about your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> like so, if you asked me, I would start like, that's how I feel like it's like, Jamie, what is the hardest thing in your life right now? I would start telling you. <laughs> all right. Tell me about a relationship you've had with a piece of written material <laughs> that has not been edifying. Okay, so I told you in an email that one of the hardest things for me to do is say that a book is bad. Like I really struggle with that because I know people put so much work into it. And so for me to say, I don't like this, it feels like I'm telling them they did a bad job. Maybe I worry about people's feelings too much. I don't know. Anyone else struggle with this or just me? Am I alone? It's not just you, but I want to go back to, we talk about him so much, W.H. Auden that says, if you're an adult reader, there are five possible ways you can feel about a book. And one of them is, I can see that this is good, but this is not for me. This is that, what you just said is exactly about this book that I'm about to tell you about. Okay. Interesting. Because another option that a lot of readers have, especially with like serious books or old books is, I can see this is good and I don't appreciate it yet. But I think that maybe with time and persistence, I will come to appreciate it. Mm, See, that's good. Yeah, he's really smart, right? He's very smart. So that leads me to a book that I read, I already told you about on vacation, A Wrinkle in Time. Mm -hmm. Um, And the book came up in my life because um, on my show, someone had told me that they had just started reading these books because they felt like they were kind of missing something from their childhood. They never read it. And embarrassingly, embarrassingly, I had never even heard of the author. Isn't that weird? Madeline Langle? Yes. Man, maybe it's that Texas thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> totally And kidding. I keep thinking like, surely I was supposed to read this at some time during my childhood and I never did, but whatever. So I picked it up and um, read it. Easy read. You know, it's a, it's an easy read. It's not that big. And so I read it over spring break on vacation and I read the whole thing. I didn't give up. Um, And then I handed it to my 13 year old and I said, you're going to love this. But it is a book that is not my favorite because I'm not into like, maybe I could call it the imagination. What do you call this? Like, like it's why it's how I can appreciate the writings of C.S. Lewis, but it's not what I'm going to go back and read over and over again. So you're not really into fantasy. No, I'm not, or except, for okay. <laughs> except for the Martian, except for the Martian. I'm not like it doesn't. I, I appreciated the story. I appreciated the way that I could actually see what was happening in the, in the characters when they were going through this different dimensions and stuff like that. But it, I have zero desire to read the next book. Mm-hmm. So A Wrinkle in Time, I'm sorry for all of you that appreciate it so much. I appreciate it for what it is. It's just not my style. Do you have a favorite childhood book that was your style that you look back on wistfully? No, because I did not become a reader until later in life. That really surprises me about you. About 10 years ago, I made a New Year's resolution to read 12 books in the year. Uh And so it was a big deal. I don't really make New Year's resolutions, but I must have taken that seriously. And I read 12 books in that year. And that was a big deal for me. And then, I mean, some of you guys that are listening read like you know, um, a thousand books in a year. Um, but a couple of years ago, I read 37. And that was like the biggest like pinnacle thing for me. And it definitely don't hit that anymore. But that's when I became a reader. And I didn't read much when I was younger. So it sounded like you set the goal because you felt like you should, but then 
you discovered something new about yourself. Exactly. I felt like, I don't know why I felt like, okay, hey, I'm an adult. I need to start reading. Uh Um, And then once I started it, I realized how much I loved getting lost in a story. Now, the thing about me as well is like, even when you asked me about these books I just love, I actually had to go back and remember what they were about because I read and it almost doesn't stay with me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that makes me a bad reader, but I love reading. I love getting lost in the story. But there are very few books that actually, like a book that stayed with me forever is Little B. Like I actually remember a quote from that book. And so that's not normal for me, but I loved that book so much. So that's kind of how I read, if that makes sense. I think I get it. And I think it's true of human beings that something that makes a big emotional impact on you is something that stays with you that really gets impressed upon your memory. And I haven't read Little B yet. I want to because I adored Chris Cleve's Everyone Brave is Forgiven. But Mm -hmm. I keep hearing how that book is brutal. So I'm kind of scared of it. But everything I've heard tells me, yeah, I can see how that would be memorable because of the emotions it triggers in you as a reader. I loved it. And I read another one of, um, is Chris a boy or girl? I was actually having this conversation the other day. Chris Cleve. He's a British gentleman with a fine British accent. Okay. So I read another one of his books, Incendiary, and it was not my favorite. What's the line from Little B? Oh gosh, I will totally butcher it. But she talks about scars and she's like, scars don't mean that scars don't form on the dying. They form on the living. And so scars mean that you've survived. And I'll just never, ever forget that. Wow, that's profound. How long ago did you read it? I'm really impressed you can remember that. And that's a cool concept. Isn't it crazy that I can remember that because I don't remember much about books? I can't tell when I read it, but a few years ago. Okay. And I loved it so much that, that that a quote stuck with me. I think that's the only book I've ever read that a quote has stuck with me to where I can just like think about it and bring it back up. So, Well, I think it's awesome that you can point to that. Jamie, we already talked about what you're reading now. Can you tell me if there's anything you want to be different in your reading life or anything you want more of? Um, I think more amazing storytelling fiction and memoirs because it's my favorite. So, and I don't get to do it that often. I would like more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even I loved The Martian, so maybe there's things out of the box, and I like The Mothers, which doesn't seem to, you know, it is like storytelling, and but even you were surprised. I felt a little surprised about it, but I just, maybe more of that because I don't get to do it that often, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. We'll see what we can do right after the break. Jamie, welcome back. We talked about your books a little bit, so I know you think that there are some outliers here and some unconventional things, but what I'm really seeing is stories about relationships. And as you've chosen your favorites, you haven't just chosen things that have come out the last few months. You've chosen things from like the last five years, and you went for the big guns, like the books that really connected, especially with women readers um, about relationships for someone who doesn't necessarily like historical fiction you sure chose a lot of it I know uh, you're right yeah I don't think the Martian is as oddball as all that like it is science fiction but only barely like because it reads totally realistically it seems like just a small pivot from what a real contemporary science book not science well I guess a science book is science fiction now I just sound well but no, but you're right because there's no aliens that equal science fiction in my mind. And I know he's on Mars, but you somehow forget that. And you actually, when you're reading, think this might be true. <laughs> no, it's so realistic. So yes. you're saying that like it sounds a little crazy, but I totally, I felt that way as a reader too. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So what we're looking for for you is not just like the new hot release of the season that you're going to like burn through and then forget because the writing was kind of forgettable. We want actually like solid writing, although it doesn't have to be like, you know, Jane Austen or Charles Dickens or anything. Thank goodness. Cause I don't know if I'd right. like Charles Dickens. Um, well, and did I, I didn't tell you this either. I've never read a Jane Austen book. <sighs> well, just try. Can you That's believe all. it? Or not. But I wish you would. I think everybody should try something like that once. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm being bossy like about reading. I, I feel like your listeners are like, whoa, get her off of here. She's never read Jane Austen. Okay. So let me tell you something about having a blog that has a name derived from a Jane Austen <laughs> novel. It's like I have a sign on my forehead that says, <laughs> come confess the gaps in your reading life to me. So... It's okay to have not read Jane Austen, but if you wish you had, just like slip it into the rotation. Okay. I love it. And the writing is a little, I didn't really realize this reading it on the page, but I realized this in interviews with contemporary actors who have played Jane Austen characters say that the, the way she phrases things, it's a little hard to wrap your tongue around at first or your brain, like, cause it mm -hmm. is old fashioned, but once you get the hang of it, you will be rewarded. And we've had several people gush about the Rosamund Pike audible narration of Pride and Prejudice. Well, maybe I should start there. I like that. Definitely. It's also free on audible channels right now as we record. I don't know if it will be forever, but you know, free isn't bad. It, that's even better. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Give it a try. Okay. So that's terrible. You haven't read Jane Austen. I don't even remember what we're talking about. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, well, you're going to tell me what to read. <laughs> Is that what we do here? Okay. We want good writing, good stories, but I'm looking for novels where the plot is built around relationships mm. and botany in the case of the first book, because we're recommending a memoir for you. It okay. is Lab Girl by Hope Yarin. I cannot believe I haven't recommended this on the podcast yet. Do you know anything about it? No, but I just looked it up and it just came out. It's a new book. I can be in the know. No, hold on. It's the paperback that you're, that's new probably. Oh, it is. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> paperback is on sale right now too. So I don't, I just bought it. So. Okay. Fantastic. So this is a science memoir and this is a book much like The Martian that a lot of people who thought they didn't care about a science memoir or paleobotany, like I didn't even know what that is. I'm still not sure I could describe to you what it is, but I know okay. that Hope Yarn is a paleobotanist. So just like The Martian, many people who thought they couldn't care less picked this up because they heard about it on NPR or from a friend or maybe even on this podcast and decided to give it a chance. So, and it was, it got like all kinds of awards last year. It was, um, she was one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People at some point. And she did get, this got a lot of buzz when it came out for being a really wonderfully written science memoir. Okay, well, I'm in. Don't you want to hear more? Let me, let yes. me tell you more. Okay, so... This goes in alternating chapters. So Yarin tells the story of her own development, like as a person and as a scientist, she grew up someplace Northern and very, very cold and talks about walking home from the lab with her father at night because he was a scientist as well. So you hear a little bit about her career and then a little bit about her background. And um, she describes her, her experiments in great detail, but somehow she makes them really, really interesting. I just remember her saying something like they're little tiny opals basically growing in the, the hidden parts of leaves on this certain kind of tree. And so much of this book is about just real life stuff and it's real life in the setting of science, but it is real life. She's talking about her longstanding 
interesting relationship with her lab partner and how she eventually, well, I don't want to spoil anything because it, it, that would kind of feel like a spoiler to me, but other relationships that happen in her life. And there are so many budget woes at her, at the universities that she works in over the years. Like I had no idea what was involved in getting funding. And so she does make those budgetary woes feel like a major dramatic element in the book. And it's also really inspiring to get an inside look at someone who's super passionate about the work she loves, even if it's offbeat and unusual and doesn't pay the bills. And her lab assistant who can't afford to get an apartment based on what she pays him sleeps on the floor because he loves it so much. So that sounds, it sounds like a book that would be like intriguing and interesting. And if there's stories in it, I would love it. Yeah, it's got it. Okay. Add it to my Amazon account just now. All right. We're moving on to fiction. We're going to do one historical, one contemporary, but I can't decide. For historical, do you want Texas or Maine? Oh, gosh. Art or cowboys? Um, Which isn't fair because we're talking about how you end up liking – we all end up liking things that we don't think we will. But still, I'm asking you to judge. Okay. I'm going to go Maine because I've never been to Maine. Okay. So for historical fiction, we are going with A Piece of the World by Christina Baker Klein. What do you know about it? Absolutely nothing. Awesome. Okay. This is new. So Christina Baker Klein, she's written all kinds of best-selling book club fiction. Orphan Train is her best known. So this is her new 2017 novel. Have you read that? I haven't, but it's on my list forever. Okay. Fantastic. So maybe you can, I don't know, push it down the list and start with her new one instead. Okay. Okay. So... This new novel is based on the iconic Andrew Wyeth painting, Christina's World. So this painting made a big impression on me when I was a kid and saw it at MoMA for the first time. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it was. I remember reading the little card to get the description because it looks beautiful and a little eerie at the same time. So this painting shows a dilapidated farmhouse set against a giant open sky and a field of something greenish brown. And Andrew Wyeth has painted his, I thought she was described as a childhood friend in the story, stricken by polio, never had been completely well in the field, looking up at the house. You are looking behind her and with her towards the house. Does that sound familiar at all? It, I can see the picture and I, it's, I'm getting a familiarity. Okay. So the cover looks a lot like that, but Christina is not in it. So a piece of the world is the story of the Christina of Christina's world. And Baker did meticulous research and takes us behind the scenes. And this is fiction, biographical fiction, but she does imagine and narrate through Christina's eyes and her voice, what her life was like. Okay. So this is really interesting in the Hamilton era because Klein raises all kinds of questions like, who does the story belong to? Who controls the narrative? Who decides what stories and private histories live on and which ones are forgotten? So there are themes going on here of, uh, of what stories deserve to be told and which ones should be kept private or secret, if you want to talk in the terms of the mothers. And mm-hmm. reading this... I personally, as a reader, kept finding myself thinking like, what is it that makes a good historical novel actually work, actually be convincing, actually be the right amount of believable? Because you know you're reading something imagined, you're reading fiction, and yet if it doesn't ring true, then 
it's not a good novel. So I found Mm. it fun in that way as well. How does that sound? It sounds good. Really good. And it's funny, like historical fiction, I find myself reading it more than I thought. And so I think I really do enjoy it, even though I sometimes don't even realize that I'm in that genre, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Did I tell you my husband has a book coming out this summer? On a side note, it's a historical fiction. That's why I just thought of it. Yes, but I didn't know it was historical fiction. It is. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So is he done? He's done. Yeah, it comes out in August. I don't know the exact date, but something like that. What's it called? Uh, I'm going to look it up. It's about Charles Spurgeon, and it's called Steal Away Home. So there it is. It comes out August 1st. That's a really cool cover. I like it. I like it, too. I know. I'm proud of them. Okay. How do you feel about magical realism? Is that too weird? Um, it might be, but listen, you're telling me what I should read. Like, it feels out of the box for me. Is it like a wrinkle in time? No. Would I recommend <laughs> it if it was? Come on. Okay, no, no, no. I'm going with my first impulse. Have okay. you read all these books that you recommend? Um, I haven't always read every word of every one of them, but the ones okay. we're talking about today, I have read. Okay. Which makes it easier for me. So thank you for that. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going with Marissa de los Santos. Have you ever read anything by her? No, I have not. Okay. Do you want to go complicated family drama or do you want to go kind of cheesy but endearing rom-com? Oh my gosh. Give me my options again. (laughs) Because there was one book of her that I wanted to read a long time ago. It's been on my list forever and I never have. It's probably Love Walked In. No, it's not. It's It's not? um, It's Belong to Me. Okay, well, that's Someone the told me about that forever ago. Belong oh, okay. So it's the sequel to Love Walked In. So we are going to go with Love Walked In. Yay. I was thinking The Precious One. So if you love Marissa De Los Santos and want to read more, Love Walked In, then Belong to Me, then The Precious One. If okay. you want to have like the What Should I Read Next curriculum. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So lots of my friends on Goodreads reviewed this something like this. This is completely cheesy, utterly predictable, and I absolutely loved it. Five stars. And <laughs> not and not because they're giving five stars to every romantic comedy that comes their way. I love it because it's cheesy and predictable and we love it. I've read books like that and you really do you love you love them so much because they can be cheesy and predictable and you hate it, or it can be cheesy and predictable and you love it. So this is good to know. Well, I feel like this book really owns what it is. And I feel like Auden has a verdict for this. Like, maybe I can see that this is not Jane Austen, but by golly, I love it. Okay. So our heroine is, does that like turn you off right away? I didn't say no, not at all. Okay. So this is the story of a hopeless romantic girl. You can totally see her being played by a contemporary Audrey Hepburn, like small, adorable pixie cut. And her name's Cornelia, and she is obsessed with the epic love stories portrayed in classic films, like anything Audrey or Cary Grant, she is all over. But in her own life, she's kind of floundering, which maybe is why she's so obsessed with what is on the screen. But everything changes the day a guy who looks just like Cary Grant walks through the door of the coffee shop she is managing. So of course she falls desperately in love and strikes up an unlikely friendship with his, of course, charming 11-year-old daughter. And... What happens next is maybe not what you're expecting. So it's not it's not as cheesy as that, that that's the entire plot. But that is okay. the very beginning of the plot. And we have a lot of twists and turns from there. But the characters are so endearing. Like if you want somebody to root for in a novel, you will find that here. Um, De Los Santos is a poet by training. And so her writing 
it's not supposed to be Shakespearean, but she does have an ear for like a good turn of phrase, a good word. It's not heavy handed at all. It's just that she knows what she's doing with the text, which is always nice, especially when you're telling a story that's supposed to be fun. You don't want to get distracted by writing that feels clunky. Not an issue here. And Belong to Me is the sequel, but don't look at the plot descriptions because that will give away major turns to what happens in Love Walked In. Well, that stinks, but I won't do it. Luckily, I won't do it. If you ever did, you probably forgot. So, because I was exactly yeah, exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> okay, Jamie, of those three books, what do you think you'll read next? Well, I just no lie, ordered them all from Amazon. Um, I am, I cannot decide between the scientists, believe it or not, um, and the love story, because they're both so different, but they're both so intriguing. They're all intriguing and they're all fabulous. But I think what I'll read next, what I need in my life, is a really easy fall in love with the character love story. So probably love walked in. I like the sound of that. And that'll give you some momentum because it will be, it's 300 pages, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a really quick read and then you'll have momentum to carry you on to the next. Yay. Yeah. I love it. Thanks so much for talking books with me today. Thanks, Anne. It's been so much fun. Hey readers. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jamie today. Head to the podcast site to share your recommendations for Jamie and to let her know there what you thought of my recommendations. That page is at what should I read next podcast.com slash 74. And it's also where you'll find the full list of titles we talked about today. If you're on Twitter, let me know there at Ann Bogle. That is Ann with an E, B as in books, O-G-E-L. Tag us on Instagram to share what you are reading. You can find me there at Ann Bogle and at what should I read next. To be the first to hear about upcoming guests and more fun behind the scenes, what should I read next news? Make sure you're getting our newsletter. Sign up at what should I read next podcast.com slash newsletter. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Cheers!